This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me, as usual, are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This week, we've got three features to look at. We're going to kick off with Johnny Z. Then we have Hunt Club and a fan film, Spider-Man Lotus. Our short shot is A Father's Son. And we're going to round off with a DTV throwback, Submerged. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film is Johnny Z, or Johnny Z. In a zombie apocalypse, a hunter comes across a zombie hybrid which has escaped from an evil lab- laboratory and trains him so he can wreak furious vengeance on his previous captors. Um, how close to a saturation point, Rich, are you to zombie movies? <laughs> oh, I think zombie movies, like went beyond saturation long ago. I mean, there's just the the market's just massively inundated, especially uh, in the wake of, you know, there was sort of that resurgence once The Walking Dead became a big hit. Yeah. So uh, it was, yeah, I think we've we've, we've had more than had our fill and it's very hard to sort of stand out from the crowd, I think. And uh, I think it's debatable uh, how well this one does in that regard. I, I totally agree. There are one or two elements to this which are actually not bad. Um, yeah, there's a lot here where I was just looking at the screen going, why? You know, why is this happening? Why are you doing these things? Um, it's got a certain um, quirky approach um, yes. that sort of makes it stand out. And sometimes I think that that's it quite interesting other times it's it's infuriating or irritating um the uh, in terms of trying to uh, explain to people sort of where it stands i would say um in the past we've talked about a couple of films uh, wormwood or mm-hmm. more specifically the sequel yep. um, to wormwood and the herd recently yep both quite um uh, still working in sort of low budget, but Herd is, you know, probably a bit more high end, I think. But there are definite similarities to mm. uh, visually and thematically um, to this film. But this is got this one goes in uh, some quite wildly different directions in that it sort of in, in, well in, uh, it incorporates martial arts sequences specifically, yeah. but a zombie learning martial arts. Uh, which it was sort yeah, of makes it that um, was quite quirky. My novel, um, and the character of Johnny Z is actually quite decent. Um, you know, he doesn't speak or anything. He wears that sort of full face mask the whole time, or most of the whole time. Um, and and I I actually kind of, you know, I quite like the guy. <laughs> and, you know, he's just this weird sort of character. He just like he just looms around. Um, but you know, there's a certain amount of pathos to the to the way he looks at things, um, you know, and and the connection he has with um, with um, what's it called? Is it Juan? The or Sean? I think it's Sean. Uh, um, I was just going to say. Uh, oh, I've got, I've got Henri. 
No. <laughs> John, John Ray or something. John, that's a John Ray. That's a John Ray. John Ray. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's this, you know, there's this sort of pathos going on there, and this sort of, you know, is a bit of, a, you know, almost, it's almost like a surrogacy, isn't it? Sort of um, be, being developed, which is, yes. it's, it, which is good, you know, that, that, that's that's quite novel. Um, other other bits, I I could have done without the, um, the there is a, the whole breakout bit at the beginning is just so confusing. As mm-hmm. to what's actually happening, you know, they they've missed out too much information to mm-hmm. really sort of follow what's actually happening until mm-hmm. much later into the film. Yeah. Um, but it does introduce another interesting character um, who's not greatly realised, but I did like his presence, and that was Mister Clark. Mm-hmm. I I did like the idea of him, um, if not. You know the way he's fully realised on screen. Um, I, th- I thought he he brought a nice sort of comic book touch to the film um, in, in a sort of grounded way. There are other people who just went, you know, totally off the rails with their performance. So there's one guy mm-hmm. who's like um like um the, the guy running the casino yes. kind of thing. The yeah. you know the, the like the information yeah. broker kind of guy. The hated, most the most irritating him. character oh, God, of yeah. the year. Oh, I mean, he, he took. Oh, Steve, more... you would have hated him. You would have hated he's him. The most hateful character. He, <laughs> he's, he, like, he's awful. He takes in the way he's like, doing, he's like doing all these inflections and oh, yeah. the, the way he delivers his la- the line delivery. So I know he's supposed to be playing this kind of yeah. campy compare kind of character, but he's just oh my god! He, I was just thinking, <laughs> please go away. <laughs> and then luckily he did because there's some interesting mm. stuff in that. What it is there is like this. Mm. Uh, zombie club kind of thing where people go to watch people fight zombies yeah and um and uh jean ray goes there to sort of basically practice he's like i want you to throw me in with the zombies to mm. you know to, so that i can sort of get get my practice in kind of thing he's, like, he's not very verbal about it but that's basically why he's there but there's all the other stuff going on like people you know having relations with zombies and attacking assaulting them and sort of basically like a yeah, almost off. like a zombie brothel, isn't it? Basically, it is. Zombie, it's something like that, but but like really sort of seed, you know, nasty seedy sort. Yeah, more exactly. like a, yeah, like yeah, um, yeah tra- more like a trapping in sort of operation or something, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, so this guy running it is is kind of like this, you know, scumbag trafficking or whatever. He loves the sound of his own voice. Yeah. Oh god, he was he was horrible. He was absolutely horrible. And I didn't, I wasn't keen on the film at first. Yeah. Uh, although I thought, oh, I was actually quite struck by the visuals and stuff because even though it shot shot quite shot quite low budget, um, it opens with some action and stuff, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right then, I'm, I want to look at this properly because I kind of had it on to the side, and I was like, no, I need to think, I need think, I need to watch this a bit close more closely, and then uh, so we've we've got some interesting bits of action sort of starting to be peppered through, and then we've got um, him. There's action in that as well, but then yeah. that character, and I was just like, oh, I, I just, I'm hoping that he doesn't stick around because I want <laughs> yeah. the film to be over. But then the film moves on; we can move away from all that, mm. and then it started to settle down. And I, I, then I started to get on board with it when it was more. It started to develop the characters a bit more. Yeah, and uh, the plots, the the plot sort of comes into play. It, it's um, these these two guys; they've got. Johnny, uh, sort of the, locked up, and they're trying to get in touch with like a scientist or something. And then there's, the, like you say, there's this other faction who are also who are basically looking for him, and mm. 
they're gonna the, that's good that's where the ending will intersect but it's it's more about um jean ray and and is is mate who i can't remember the name of but the uh they're in it's all sort of there's comic there's comedy in there and start, a little bit of comic interaction but it's 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 quite straight but there's all it's the film is quite playful it uses these like wipes which i can only presume is meant to be an homage to star wars because yeah. they're exactly like the star yeah, wars wipes. Yeah. Yeah. um and yeah i think so the film then it combine it's combining sort of these different elements of mm. it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic kind of story that we've seen a million times before but we're going to add in this martial arts stuff which i'd read about and i was like quite curious and luckily uh, the guy uh, who's jean ray who's the martial artist is really good mm. uh, and it's um, i believe it's carly that that he's uh, that he's doing because they mention it in the in the mm. film uh, played by uh, uh, stuntman F uh, felix cortez who was who is i think he's really good he's got a very good presence um yeah. he's you know he's he's world weary he's kind of he's older than sort of a a, a, a lot of protagonists usually are uh, especially in sort of martial arts films unless they're like a you know a heritage hmm. you know figure like steven seagal or, or whatever you know you, they, they quite often you get young people cast but he's he's been you know he's clearly been doing it yeah. for a very long time uh, and so he's and he can bring all that to um, to the role in, in you know what is based i think essentially one of his uh, first like big leading roles i would mm. say um because he, he's usually more of a a stuntman called you know or coordinator or whatever he's worked on lots of tv series and stuff there's a fantastic um so i'm gonna go off on this for a second there's a fantastic short film called boniato mm -hmm. uh, from 2016 which is very very good i saw it ages ago and when i say ages ago it's like um it was like sometime last year but i didn't put it, the, the two together that it was him in it until i was looking up his credits so then i went back and watched it and I know exactly. Oh, he's one of he's one of the main characters in that. I can recognise him now, okay. and those skills he he's he's using some of those skills in that film. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, he's he's somebody that I, I think is a, a reason to watch this film. Um, and prop and I think one of the own. I don't think there's much else that I, I apart from him mm -hmm. and the martial arts stuff. Um, the say the the camera work and stuff sort of cinematography i thought was nice apart mm -hmm. from when they amped up the uh the sort of the yellows uh, not the yellows like the you know the greens and, yeah, and yeah. whatever in the club in, in the lab and that yeah yeah that, that's you know overcompensation a bit uh sometimes and and i i thought it was okay but i didn't really want to it but other so other shots there's some really nicely composed shots like there's one of uh jean ray sort of sitting in a sort of uh, contemplative stance uh, I think he's I, I think uh, I think he's uh, a position sorry and I think he's just kind of looking out or something but it's really beautiful it's like a nice photographly frame you know frame shot and there's there's other bits like that throughout it um which which also elevated it I th think so how so had what were you what were the things you enjoyed didn't enjoy well as I said I, I did I did like the you know that that sort of burgeoning relationship between Jean Ray and and mm. sort of Johnny Z, um, that that was pretty cool, and yeah, so you know the the, the fight scenes were very well done, for the most part. 
Um, there's a good bit towards the end where he's sort of mirroring, you know, he's he's in an actual fight, but he's mirroring what had happened in the past uh, and his yeah. own training as well. You know, the way he yeah. sort of trains. That, that, that was very good. Yeah, um, well, I like what that because they kind of introduce him as doing the, these, which could have looked really stupid, mm. of him basically doing practice where he's fighting an invisible, fighting invisible opponents, yeah, yeah. And, he's and that could have looked very, very silly. Mm. But he 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 pulls it off because it, you know, obviously he's doing it all really well. Yeah. And um and then later they intercut that with footage that because when we re learn the reasons behind that. And yeah, what that right, actually, yeah. what that actually is, it, there's like you say, there's that pathos, and um, he's got, and then they in, then they build on that by intercutting mm. to actually show uh, like flashbacks and stuff, mm. and uh, and then there's a culmination of it reaching a a, a certain point, like say later in the film. There's another, yeah. There's nice. another character in this who, who plays his brother, who's sort of the, sort of the larger guy. Yes. And yes. For, for a lot of the film, he is just annoying. He, you know, he, he is. Yeah. But he he gets this great monologue at the end. You know, where, where he sort of pours his heart out basically to Johnny Z, and and it's 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 great. You know, it's, it carries real emotion and everything, and it's it's a great sort of capper to the film, really. You know, and sort of you know getting getting ready for the for the next bit, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I thought that was great. Uh, the fight with Mr. Clark was was very well done at the end as well. Mm -hmm. Um, especially how he finishes him off. I thought that was really cool. Um, it reminded me a bit of um that film about the kids being kidnapped on the island and held for ransom, mm -hmm. and the girl stabs the guy with her broken arm. You know the bone oh, yeah, sticking yeah. out. You know, take down. Take down. I say, yeah, yeah. Um, a bit like that. So yeah, uh, there's a lot to like, and there's a lot that I did roll my eyes out. The whole thing about the dead zone, because that, again, it didn't get explained mm -hmm. what was going on. It looked like a completely different movie. Yeah, you know that those scenes. Uh, you know, because there was a lot of CGI involved. Lots, you know, um, CGI lighting more than anything else. Yeah. Um, it just didn't look very good, you know. And there's a bit where these these two girls wearing wedding dresses or something, or, or sort of communion dresses. And I'm just like, why? What is the <laughs> point? You know, it just looked bizarre. Um, so yeah, overall, I think there are more positives than negatives in this one. How yeah, you I'm, not say, I'm not sure quite how I feel about the um, uh, Johnny Z, the character, and the sort of train, you know, and what what. You know that that whole thing. I, I I don't know if I needed more explanation for it. I mean, it was okay, but it was quite. It was you know it was interesting that the um you know when he starts imitating and whatever and they do it essentially becomes it a master and student kind of thing and we get yeah. montages and all that sort of stuff. But I just like the thing like like you know he he kept getting out of his, his yeah. confinement. Like, <laughs> like let me do that. You know that sort of thing. That sort of like starts. You know, there's that sort of like um, seed sort of uh, embedded in um, sort of Jean Ray's mind at that point, you know, it's like well, there's more, more to this than meets the eye sort of thing. So, yeah. Did uh, you um, find the subtitles? Did you watch it with subtitles or not? I didn't. I'm, I'm, I know a bit of Spanish, so I was quite happy to sort of like, put up okay. with it. Um, yeah, because I was initially, it was uh, it was about 15 minutes in, but I thought, because I thought, oh, you know, you know how it is with some films, they just throw a little bit of foreign language stuff in there but you're not supposed if you if the subtitles yeah, exactly. are on there you think oh it's just like a it's like a thing but then it became like longer bits of dialogue and i was thinking yeah. 
there's something there's supposed to be subtitles here i'm sure yeah, <laughs> so i was like right. and luckily there were there were so i would say if anyone rents it make sure you turn on the, the subtitle track because um i missed you know a, a fair few comments that were that were made or you know bits of dialogue yeah. early in the film and uh, i didn't go back and and sort of play catch up but the uh yeah uh, a lot of it's uh, the brother the brother character specifically uh like you say um uh was it chris it's chris Ann. which one is it oh, anyway the um yeah he he's speaking a lot and um they sort of interchange a bit but it's mostly in english i think it's um is it is it uh, spanish uh hmm. mexican yeah because um, yeah, exactly. it's set in i think it's set down in Texas it's from the uh, from Black Mandala, the production company. Yeah, and I'm sure we've seen we stuff. We have come across them before. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember yeah. what, but we, I sort of when that logo there. came up, I sort of was like, oh, well, okay. That's like yeah. um, that caught yeah. my attention because it, I think I associate that with a certain degree of of um, competence, quality, <laughs> quality. Yeah, yeah to, in, in in terms of in the in the world of sort of low budget films or whatever, it's a bit yeah. like Raven yeah. Raven's Banner and stuff. You know, you get yeah, exactly. Certain, exactly. And expectations to say, and I, I think overall, um, I thought it, it I didn't love it, mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, there's certainly things I didn't like about it, but I would say it's a reasonable seven. Okay, I'm going with a six. I, I think it, you know, it is that market, you know, it's the zombie market, hmm. it's it's it is so oversaturated, uh, it, yeah. it does manage to find that you know, that thin thread of quirkiness that, you know, it does bring something new to the table, uh, which is good. Um, yeah. But I think I would say, I would, I would go six, but I think it, it because of it, it, because it is trying those different things. Yeah. I'm, I, I just, I think I, I got something out of it from that. It's not a film that I can see myself going back and rewatching, but, you know, discovering, you know, you know properly discovering Felix Cortez was a really great thing. Uh, so that's that's something I really took away from it. And I mean, um, the, the ending's quite open ended as well. So yeah. you know, if, if they do venture down that road and just, and sort of pull out a sequel, I wouldn't mind watching it. Yeah, it would certainly be interesting to see where where it could go. And yeah. I think they would definitely carry that martial arts element yeah. over as well. Definitely. So there you go. That is a seven and a six for Johnny Z. Go check it out. Our next film is Hunt Club. Now, I'm going to read out the synopsis for this film, uh, which is on IMDb. Okay. Mm -hmm. See see what you think of it. Yeah. It says, This follows a group of male hunters who regularly lure women to their island with a chance to win $100,000 in a hunt, only to discover that they are the hunted. But this time they mess with the wrong girls and must deal with the consequences. Now, guys, considering the film itself, okay, does that yeah. synopsis sound like we're meant to be sympathizing with the men? I don't think so, but I think it emphasizes yeah. the, yeah. the males as sort of like the, the protagonists. The protagonists, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. oh, yeah. no, they've bitten off all they could do this time. You know, how the crazy Duke boy's got to get out of this mess. That's, <laughs> that's how it reads to me. Okay. When, in fact, what we've actually got here is a story about a, a woman trying to find her daughter 
who gets mixed up with this um, hunt club and sort of lured to this island with the with the um, you know the prospect of winning a hundred thousand, only to find mm-hmm. that she is part of this thing. Um, there's also another girl who's I think she's the one who previously escaped and has come back, um, you know, to sort of finish people off, sort of thing. Um, over to Steve. Uh, let's let's hear what you think about this before uh, I chip in later. Well, I think the performances are okay, mm-hmm. uh, especially Mina Savari. Yeah, uh, Catherine is a bit over the top. He's not well, enough. We like, over him, we the like top. him being over the top. Yeah, I, I don't think it was enough yeah. over the top. He, he he basically just got the chance to smoke cigars and drink whiskey for the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, it, it works well, but I think the thing that lets it down is the script. Mm-hmm. They're doing the best of what they're given, and now the, the thing. I know it sounds daft, but I'm hoping it was satirical, and <laughs> that the that the pro yes. Trump was just, you know, a satire and not what they actually thought. Um. Because it is, it, it's so Trumpian, it's untrue. I mean, mm. I'm surprised that instead of the cowboy hats, they didn't have MAGA hats on. <laughs> you know, and oh, look at us, whoa, little alpha males that can't do anything nowadays. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, please get over it. And then Mickey Rock pops up for about five minutes. <laughs> and it's just. I mean, it's a concept we've seen loads of times, you know, like the hunting. You know, and it's not not, nothing original, but the scripts could have done with, say, another two passes, I'd have thought, just to tighten it up and just put down the Trump stuff slightly. Uh, But apart from that, it's not bad. I, I did enjoy it, but it's the script needed definitely more work on it, to be fair. Yeah. We, we, we've seen this sort of film countless times. You know. Yeah. Um, there was that one called, was it called Ravaged, where the, where the woman ends up yeah. Um, yeah. being sewn into the cow or something at the end. Oh, you, God, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. That yeah, one, that, yeah, was really, yeah. that was pretty damn good, but nasty. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... You know, it's of its type, I guess. But I, I think uh, there's just not enough action in it for my liking, mm. I think. I would, I would have liked to sort of seen a bit more um, going on. Now, um, <laughs> when Mickey Rourke turned up, um, I, I always felt like this was um, in the same universe as Michael J. White's Take Back. Yes, he's, he's basically yeah. dressed exactly the same. He's dressed isn't he? the same, <laughs> exactly the same character, you know, <laughs> just about as um, that one with um, uh, yeah, G- Gillian White, wasn't it? And uh, mm. Michael Joe White. It's not. I don't think it's possible for them both to exist in the uh, same universe. Unfortunately, no. not. No. Unless it's sort of like um, you know, identically, horrifically. <laughs> Maybe the, oh, I hear you. They're twins. Exactly. The yeah. twins, they just had the same sort of like really bad yeah. plastic surgeon. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's, it's almost the same character. It's, it's quite amusing. 
Um, yeah, it's just a thing, really. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to sort of see Mickey uh, uh, Casperandian. I, I, I kind of enjoying his his renaissance. You know, um, mm. he's sort of finding himself as an as, as an actor. Um, you know, it's 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 niche, as it were. Uh, I think he could have pushed it more in this one, but yeah. And I'm kind of with you, uh, Steve, on the um, on the satire front. I mean, it is directed by by a British woman, so I'm mm. kind of hoping it is, you know, um, along those sort of lines. There is a, you know, the bit that I found amusing was the campfire scene when they're all yeah. sort of like, you know, saying, oh, my name is Buck and, you know, we yeah. used to be trust fund buddies and all this sort of stuff. But, <laughs> you know, then, then, then HR says we we got to turn up to parties late and leave early so people can see we're not taking anyone with us. And, you know, so like, yeah. uh, men can't be men anymore and all this sort of rubbish. Yeah, all that sort of, you know, men's rights activist kind of bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Rich, what did you make of Hunt Club? Yeah, I think I didn't realize I didn't really take note when we were watching that it was directed by a woman, or let alone you know a British woman. Uh, who I'm just looking up her IMD. She's got quite an extensive body of work uh, behind her, um, but um, you know, working in I guess the sort of fairly low budget sort of realm. So it it, it seems an unusual. This seems actually quite a left field mm. uh, project for her. You know, to be making this essentially DTV thriller with with all these sort of recognizable stars and stuff so um but whether the themes of it carry through with some of the stuff she's done before i'm not sure it's very obviously yes it is uh it's it's quite uh uh parody uh, you know parodying that sort of mm-hmm. um mm. uh, macho in you know what's in cells and andrew tate and whatever it is and all that sort of stuff which i don't fully understand but well i do understand a bit of it but i'm not you know Full, you know, I'm you not. You don't sympathise with it, is what we. You know, I'm, I'm, no, but I'm not like fully aware of the whole yeah. thing. But I kind of get what what it is of this, you know, sort of re- the whole reclaiming your masculinity kind of kind of thing. And Andrew um, Tate and all that sort of bullshit. Yeah, which, like I say, beyond knowing the name and a little bit of news clippings, whatever, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really going to play with it. But but we have talked about it in the past about yeah. um, the uh, Glass Onion and, and uh, Dave Batista. Mm. Like that. So yeah, it's kind of following what it, what it essentially was for me because I've been really looking forward to seeing it with its cast. Mm. Um, is it's, it's like a a, vari- a variation on Surviving the Game. Uh, yeah, and like you say, is, various yeah. other films yeah. that have covered the same ground, but it's that hunt the yeah. human story. Um, somebody gets lured into a, a you know lured into a situation and and, and they've got to fight. The the, um, the other thing that I would cross with this is is the hunt the, the the one from from a couple of years ago from blumhouse which was really good and that had lots of yes that was a really good that's had yeah. quite a lot of satire and whatever in it as well but this is kind of the money plane version of the hunt <laughs> it's got that it's got quite it's got some budget limitations and that was ah. big cast there's loads of people in it it's got the it's got both the Jerem, uh, both the London brothers, Jason and Jeremy, uh, which I thought was when I saw that in the credits, I was like, oh, I'm not used to seeing them both in the yeah. same film. Because um, uh, uh, usually I say seen them in, in, in different stuff. I don't um, actually know their work that well, but I know their names because they've popped up in so many, so many different things. Um, but we've also, uh, say, like you said, Mickey Rourke, who's got a couple of two or three scenes. 
and the uh, say I was looking forward to seeing Casper uh, Van D. Mina Suvari, it's a weird one because I'm not sure if she's supposed to be playing younger than she is because it's like Casper Van Dien's out with his son and he's like, oh, you know, um, you should get with that girl over there kind of thing. And I'm thinking... But Mina Savari's but she's your age, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she's like, yeah, she's she's definitely an older woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like more likely to be a love I, interest. I, I think she's doing a bit like a bit of milf hunting to be fair. Yeah, maybe it could it could be that. It's just it's it just sort of came across like they were trying to sell it as like he was interested in this girl who's like a, a good match for him, like same sort of age. And anyway, but I know they do sort of later say, "Oh, she's she's got, she's got a daughter and stuff like that." Um, it's funny because this this is probably the the film, uh, the one film this week where I didn't really have many notes to make. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it's it's kind of it's fine. It, it, I thought there's some nice moments of action when there is action, like you say, there's not a lot, but mm -hmm. there's um there's a little bit of action at the, at the beginning and like um uh, basically the. Uh, a female character sort of stepping in and, and beating some guys up and stuff that happens a couple of times which is which I quite liked um always in, always like a bit of you know stunt work and stuff the um I say the the cast the casting was quite novel you know the combination of Mickey Rourke and Mina Suvari and and Casper Van Dien and and the little other bits but that's it's got the tone sort of veers a bit which I know that's kind of to be expected with this sort of thing but it's kind of played quite exaggerated, sort of comical, but then to sort of emphasise the point of of the sort of the horrendous things that are going on, uh, it goes pretty dark a couple of times, which I sort of mismatched. Was a bit of a mismatch. Um, I know, yeah, you know, that you can do a lot of films do do that, and it does. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, you get the mixing the sort of the, the sort of horrific and the absurd and, and whatever and trying to sort of keep everything on a uh, a knife edge or, or whatever it is. Mm. But this one, I felt it didn't juggle the, the the shift between saying, well, actually, we're going to play, we're going to show these really caricature, char you know, um, um, hunting characters, and then we're just going to show them like really nastily assaulting someone just for a couple of minutes or whatever or, or mm. a minute or whatever it was and it's just like yeah i know yeah i know you're make you're emphasizing the severity of the situation mm. but i really don't think it was necessary and um i think they could have you know it, it would have been better just sort of to keep the the tone yeah. of, you know, away from too much sort of yeah severity i don't know do you have what do you think yeah, I, I agree. It does sort of stick out, doesn't it? And it's like, well, you don't really need it, you know. We we, we know how bad the situation is, you know. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I'm just looking at the I'm say reading Elizabeth Blake Thomas's um, bio thing. She's actually an um an amb ambassador for awareness uh, for like a, a group against human trafficking and stuff like. That. So she, it's this is clearly a theme. Yeah. That she's um yeah. you know quite passionate about. Um, albeit in this sort of exaggerated um, version of you know of of those kind of cases of you know uh, you know male hunt club kind of stuff, but um, by the way, I think there's, the story does have a couple of nice little twists in it, mm -hmm. and uh, you know the the female characters are as you would expect and and hope for are quite strong. Um, 
they they interestingly are, are you know the men are actually usually uh, portrayed you know quite cartoonishly but yeah. the female characters aren't uh, i think that they're, they're not really there's they're played quite real which again is kind of this this there's a bit of a disconnect with that um which again might be completely intentional but you know you, you feel like you've got the Mina Suvari performance on one side and the Casper Van Dien performance on the other side, and they're like essentially two different films. Yeah. But overall, I think I thought it was it was an interesting, you know, not interesting, but an entertaining enough take on that old hunt the human kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty forgettable stuff, but I, you know, nice to see little cameos from people like or extended cameos from people like. Um, see like mickey rourke and just oh, every time i see mickey rourke it's like how many actors have transformed so dramatically since like not you know like 20 years ago 20 30 years ago like you know you, you just go back and you remember because i watched you know one of his films uh, you know last year or the year before and he was he you know his voice was all soft and you know it's he was he was a very different i mean he was still oh, playing very. quite hard characters but he was yeah. quite he he was he looked you know he looked and sounded like a completely different person. But then you know obviously he went into the you know went into all his boxing and everything and he uh, and yeah and then he had to have the, you know and had motorcycle accidents or whatever and had had all certain and he turned into like a completely different person. And I just almost can never get over that every time I see him in any film these days. One of the turning point ones that I saw him in was Double Team, and we've probably mentioned oh, this yeah. before. But he was enormous in that, and like Point Blank, which we've yeah. talked about. You know, when he went through that period where he really bulked up, mm. and uh, it was just I, I, I just thought Point Blank. He was crazy big in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was huge, he was, he was real oh, muscle yeah. guy. He's like Matthias Hughes in that one. <laughs> yeah, and um, so yeah, he's, he's um, I, I do like him. You know, he, he used to be like a really properly serious actor yeah. who was maybe cast in some unusual roles and stuff but he was he was doing stuff like barfly and whatnot and nine that and was, a half weeks yeah which is <laughs> yeah, i've never seen it i don't um, really fancy that sort no? of thing but no. the What's, but i don't know was it right? angel heart angel heart that's a that's another really good example yeah barfly angel heart stuff like that yeah. and year of the dragon and, and whatever yeah. and then now um and then to go from that to the dtv stuff you know we see direct we see actors transition in that way all the time there's yeah. a lot of examples of that but not to the degree of mickey rourke i don't think in terms of his physicality of how he's changed and he still does try um you know yeah, since still- that, since making that transition he still does do very eccentric characters and stuff he looks he likes to do that sort of stuff but quite often with these films like in this role he kind of just turns up to just be himself yeah. and just to deliver the lines and, and whatever and just be, be. but then you get stuff like um i think it was war hunt where he kind of you know he's he, he's doing something a little bit different but still essentially the same mm. but um there was a film called the animal factory where he was like all, he was like um in prison but he was like wearing makeup and stuff mm. and uh he was is that the you know, um is that the australian one no no it's um it's it's got a good cast actually. It was uh, it was based on a book by Eddie Bunker, who was the ex con who ex turned author who oh, was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was. I think I believe it was. Um, I think like Steve Buscemi and stuffs in it, but I, I can't remember exactly. It was. I think that was probably DTV, but it was like a you know 
uh, quite an intense prison drama film. And um, yeah, so I think Mickey Rourke does gravitate still occasionally towards serious dramatic stuff. But he, 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 I think he just, I don't know what it is, but he, he it's not like he's, I, don't, I never feel like he's really phoning in, but he's definitely doing things on his terms. <laughs> sure. Mm. And uh, I, I did like seeing him in this, he, he, but he, scumbaggy characters do come a bit too easy to him sometimes yeah. it seems um because you know when he's bringing this persona of his his personal you know the way he dresses and the hat and everything he's almost like is are you like this in real life i do worry he's like i'm not one of those ultra macho guys himself isn't he yeah even though he carries around a little um chihuahua and stuff it's 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 kind of like Bruce Willis in the like the last dozen films that he did. You know, you, you always get the feeling he just turned up on set, and they went, "Yeah, you're good. <laughs> just yeah. just stand yeah. there and get on with it." You know, you can you can almost imagine that, that he, yeah, that's how he turned up. Um, you know, on set. So there you go. Year of the Dragon. Just just as an aside, um, yeah. if you if you want to do a deadly drinking game with Year of the Dragon, have a drink every time Mickey Rock says, "Let me tell you something." <laughs> he opens every single line. Let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Is that Michael Cimino did that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Anyway, how are we going to score anyway. this one, uh, Steve? Um, I'll give it a six. Yep, yeah, I'll join you on a six. And Rich? Yeah, I don't think it's novel enough to be a seven. Unfortunately, I think it's just um, it's it's it hits the right notes and stuff, and it's got a good cast and whatever, and it's okay. But there's there's nothing sort of tipping it into something that I think is more of a rewarding view. Although I can appreciate some of what the director is trying to do, I don't think necessarily it comes off. Mm. Well, there we go. Three sixes for Hunt Club. Go check it out. <laughs> Our next review is Spider-Man Lotus. This is a fan feature film based on good old Spidey. In this one, Peter Parker is struggling to recover from the loss of Gwen Stacy and contemplating hanging up the suit for good. That is, until he receives a letter from a terminally ill child requesting that Spider-Man pay a visit before he passes away. Oh my God! Get the bourbon and get the razor blades because <laughs> oh my God! What a concept for a Spider-Man movie, Jesus! Um, but luckily, this film, you know, it's able to bring that alive. Basically, um, that could be really, really Ooh. bad, but I think for the most part, this works. Um, the characters are great. Uh, the guy playing Peter Parker, I think he does a good job. Warden Wayne. Um, we've also got uh, John Salandria playing Norman Osborne, also grieving for the loss of his dad. Funny enough, the same night that you know, Gwen Stacy died. I wonder how. Hmm, I wonder if that was a coincidence. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to like here, especially the kid as well. A little kid. Um, I think it's uh, Maxwell Fox. Uh, yeah. He 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 was great. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to like here overall. Um, you know, some nice parallels in the scenes. You know, sort of uh, obviously Peter Parker is um, struggling with his identity. You got Mary Mary Jane is also struggling. You know, to just 
who she is. Uh, Norman struggling, you know, to, 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 to come out of his father's shadow, all of this sort of stuff going on. Even Flash Thompson turns out, you know, to be not so bad a guy as he was portrayed in the comics and some of the earlier films. Um, what there is is much action. You know, we, we got a, a prologue scene, which is a lot of fun, um, with some great visuals, it has to be said. Uh, but, you know, that is then ditched for the, the drama for literally the rest of the film. We get some flashbacks to that fateful night with the, the Green Goblin. But for the most part, this is all about the personal human drama between the characters. And, you know, for a fan film, I, th I think it, it does really, really well. There's some great, um, you know, photography in this, especially at the beginning, the establishing shots of New York and things like that. Just really, really good. Um, Steve, what did you make of Spider-Man Lotus? It's, it's the action stuff's great. The effects are great. The performances are great. It's just such, like you said, pass me the ball and the razor blades. It's such an impressive, dour film. Um, there's no, no levity in it, hardly at all. There's no. Like, like you say, you've got like the beginning bit where he's Spider Man, he's actually Spider Man, he's cracking one liners, you know, he's doing the jokes and stuff like that. And then, as soon as that happens, all the levity, all the comedy, all the happiness just drains from the film. And to be honest, I, I found it a bit of a slog to be fair going through all that. I, mean, I, th I thought I would. I must admit, when I read the synopsis, I thought, "Oh my god!" You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it turns out it's it is actually based on one of the stories from the comics. You know, the the boy who collected Spider-Man comics. It was called. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, mean, I suppose yeah. I suppose they chose it because it's within their budget to do. You know, <laughs> basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I understand it, but just. It's like one sucker punch after another, after another, after another, and he's just just drags you down so much. I mean, even it sounds awful, but the kid's actually really good. But even that's depressing because you know he, he's mm. he's terminal, and and he just dragged me down. I'm, it took me about four goals to get all get all the way through it. I'll be honest with you. I had to yeah. get it off and give it give it half an hour on on TikTok or something just to cheer myself up. Um, I was I was about to I was about to make a comment about sort of having to get through like a box of hankies watching this film, but then I remembered an old <laughs> I remembered an old joke from Viz comic. Where somebody yeah. wrote in saying Barry Norman said this, you know, when you go to see Schindler's List, <laughs> I can't even say it. When you go to see yeah. Schindler's List, make sure you take a box of hankies. Well, I found it a very inappropriate film to have a went to. <laughs> so no, that yes, uh, but uh, um, yes, it did sort of um, make me a bit misty-eyed at times. I mean, watching this. Yeah. Um. Rich, I, I imagine you'd sort of like been chomping at the bit to see this. Uh, I imagine it's been on your radar for a while, is it? 
I I sort of was vaguely aware of it, and I I sort of subscribed to the channel and waited to, when the trailer came out and stuff. So I was sort of curious about because I expected it to be a short film, and it's yeah. it's it's yeah, very definitely it's not a short feature, film. Yeah. It's uh it's two hours. Um, now, uh, about ten minutes of that is like uh, is well about fifteen minutes is credits, and probably about ten minutes of that that's it, or it seems like it is uh, thanking all the. Uh, the backers like the, yeah, yeah. the crowdfunding uh, backers that just goes on forever so the film itself is about an hour and 45 minutes i think um i think it's still too long for what it's doing yeah but yeah. to be fair it does you know it does it does fine it gets you know i was interested but yes i will agree that it does become a bit of a slog it is so relentlessly downbeat mm. that it's uh, that it's just a bit too much i think if they did half the running time uh, I think that would have been better, uh, more more digestible, um, especially uh, if because they like you say there isn't the action. You're kind of uh, waiting for the shoe to drop of you know of um, establishing you know oh who's the villain of the story and what's it going to lead to and the climax and whatever, and that never happens. <laughs> so so no. it's um, there's there are there like you say there's flashback action and and a, and a bit and the prologue and stuff, which is. I, I I think really nicely executed, mm. um, and say the cinematography does look quite nice. I think a lot of that establishing shot stuff, which looks really nice, I think that's stark. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. And then they kind yeah. of matched it to um, to the the, yeah. the, 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 the the sequences, to the scenes that, as they've shot them, which I think works well. Some people have said that the establishing shots are, are too long. They sound like, geez, it's got like the longest establishing shots for. For ages or whatever, I, I didn't. I, that didn't bother me. I didn't mind, I didn't mind uh, the camera yeah. sort of lingering over the city and stuff, get, get the sense of the place and whatnot. Um, so there's no villain, although there are appearances of some villains. Say so the cinematography is good. I like the cast. I like the performances. I think you can mm. sort. It, it it does skirt across, you know, amateur a little bit. But what, what do you expect? I mean, this is a film made by teenagers essentially. Or, or very young people. The director himself is—I don't think he, he's even twenty yet—and uh, say so the, the cast and that are, are quite young. So the I—I I do think they've pulled off something. We've seen films made by—I uh, think we've seen a few uh, film—you know—films made by teenagers before. Um, most notably, um, uh, uh, Alice Mal McKay. Alice Mal McKay, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, I think there, there was a Swedish film called uh, Every When. Uh, which was made by like 15 year olds which was pretty impressive um the so yeah i think all things considered in terms of fan films this is definitely why this is definitely up there as long yeah. as you go in knowing it's more of a drama you know like a, it's more like a smallville than a superman returns you know kind of thing and so there's not a lot yeah. of um, action say so it doesn't lead to there's an even in a smallville you had a, sort of a, a lead up you know you always had some action quotient in there or whether or the modern equivalent arrow or whatnot. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's kind of this. It does become a bit repetitive of the bleakness, and here we're going to have a conversation about how bad we feel and or whatever, and you know how we're looking for. But there is a variety because, like you say, we do spend time with different characters. It's not just about Peter, but it's and, you know Mary Jane and stuff. And I thought the the. They look the they look the part as well. I thought say yeah. the performances and stuff were good. Um, it, it needs 
we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the elephant in the room that surrounds this film, which is um, the controversy. Yeah, the controversy of of the uh, the director and star uh, having some of their messages exchanged, which were uh, I haven't read them, but I you know I only know this sort of third hand of you know that that it was very inappropriate uh, racist messages and stuff. So there's a, there's a I was, was totally unaware of that, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is a shadow over the film. I think the, the important thing from my perspective is that they acknowledged it. You know, they do, they didn't sort of shy away from it and, and sort of defend it in kind of any way. And they, I do think they'll learn from it mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, grow. from. It. But the other thing I would say, you know, the, the other thing I feel is, you know, they are so young. You know, yes, it's terrible that they were that they had those attitudes, but you know, it's so easy, I think, for kids and you know, young people to yeah. to get into these kind of um, uh, yeah, you know, and and to think it's the norm you know, right, so. and stuff, and yeah, yeah, sort of think you know, uh, and also you know, your uh, young people attitudes and stuff and whatever. So I think it's a, I think it was a really good thing that that got exposed and you know had an opportunity for thing, but I don't think uh, it should be a deterrent for for people to to sort of see their work i think you know it's ultimately it's up to you know the the, the filmmaking community how much they want to engage with these people from now on Mm. um you know they've got to you know live with you know what they did but also you know to to an extent i think you know we've got to um say you know um Cut, not cut them some slack, but you know, just say, you know, if you can grow, advance, you know, develop, you know, grow up from that, and you know, sort yourself out. Yeah. Then that's that's as much as we can hope for. You know, terrible. You know, people are doing terrible things all the time, unfortunately, and some of it goes reported, some of it doesn't go re- reported, and and uh, I think, you know, that um, if if any, you know, there's various other rumors that have all gone around about, you know how perhaps they weren't treating the, the people they were working with very well and stuff. So is that true? I don't know. Um, again, we've seen that with major Hollywood movies well, and stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so um, I, I, it, it, to me, it's not a deterrent to see the film. I think we've, we've got not, not, not just the director and the actor, the, the, main, uh, the lead actor, but also the other actors in the film and the other people who've made their contributions that make it worth um at, le- at the very least, some, some consideration, and ultimately, you know, it's not like they're making money out of it. You, you know, this is a, a passion project for all the people involved. So um, I'll judge it on those merits and say that you know, I think they did. I think it, it, it was a good job, mm-hmm. um, and you know, worth seeing. You know, but just you know, I think it's important that people are, are aware of you know that sort of uh, what surrounds the film. Um, in the same way as you would with like perhaps a Weinstein movie or something. Obviously, obviously Indeed. the very different, very different end of the end of the yeah, um, spectrum there. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, overall, I think they've they've taken a very dark passage from Spider-Man's history. You know, his lore, uh, as it were. And I think they they've developed it very well overall. Um, Steve, how are you going to score it? I'll give it a six. Mm-hmm. And Rich? I'm going to give it a seven. I'd go eight if it wasn't so relentless. If it was oh. about half as long, I would have probably said eight. But I think it, because it just it just 
just goes on. It's too. It's a bit too much for me. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think it's a. Yeah, I think reasonably. I th- yeah I, I kind of agree with you. I'm, I'm, it's just above a six, so, so I'm going with a seven. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a very emotional film. I, I found personally, um, definitely worth checking out. But yeah, it, it's not an action movie apart from the first sort of ten minutes. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so that's two sevens and a six for Spider-Man Lotus. Go check it out. Our short shot this week is a father's son. Torn between his identity for his community and the NYPD, Detective Jack Yu delivers news of a son's murder to the victim's parents at the height of a gang turf war in Manhattan's Chinatown. Uh, not an action movie, this one, Rich. It's no. um, a straight dr- drama. Um, More procedural drama, sort of. Kind it's of, kind yeah. of nominal thriller, but, it's, but it it's, definitely it's, emphasizes the drama. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, this one detective having to do all this gumshoe work in, um, in, in Chinatown, trying to sort of work out the identity of this, um, this dead kid, um, having to sort of like tolerate the... Um, the racial prejudices of, of um, his, his fellow officers and also the, you know, the intolerance of the sort of Chinese community of, of, of the police and their distrust. And he's, he's sort of stuck in the middle of trying to do this. And yet he is able to sort of track down this guy um, and, and have to break the news to him as, as to what's happened. It's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting film as a procedural, as you say, that, but it's um it's 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 a drama you know it is that sort of um you know a successful day for this guy is having to break the news of you know their son's death you know that's a win for him in a way because it's you know oh yeah i've solved the case i found out who the kid is but he's dead sorry um yeah it's an interesting one held my attention for sure um Steve, how do you get on with a father's son? Yeah, it's they like said procedural drama, but I like the way that it's you know going and you know being called a traitor for his ethnicity, mm. trying to you know join. Was it the navy he joined and then then became a cop? I think he says. Um, it's yeah, it's navy, the army, one or two. Yeah, yeah, but you know the, the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, version, uh, you know, and straddling, trying to straddle the two communities and the two factions and stuff like that. I, I, I thought it was actually really well done. Um, I would have preferred it to be a bit longer. I know it sounds daft, but. Because this is one of the longer shorts we've watched lately, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a good twenty-nine minutes, but I just think the story-wise, I could have done with a bit more of a inclusive ending. To be fair, you know, maybe find the killer or get the killer to justice, something like that. Um, but all in all, shot really well, um, performed really, really well, and. It just gives out, you know, the struggle, everyday struggle 
even with the racism and stuff like that of the American cops. And yeah, I thought it was actually really good. Yeah, cool. Uh, Rich, over to you. Uh, do you remember a few weeks ago we covered a, 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 th- a film on the throwback, uh, Revenge of the Green Dragons? Yes. Mm. Yeah, I, this that came to mind a lot when mm. I was watching this because I think that film was set but essentially in the same period, which mm. is like the, in this case it's the early 90s. Uh, that one was across the 80s and 90s, I think. Uh, but it, if I, I'm pretty sure it also had that kind of uh, detective character caught between the worlds investigating yeah. and dealing with yeah. racism stuff from the from the um, you know from his fellow officers uh, and and you know i think there that was an element it wasn't the main part of that film but it was an element so as soon as this started with that sort of gangsters opening kind of that did come to mind uh, yeah. this is a it's not a, str- a, a straight adaptation but it's uh take based on the character of jack uh, jack Yu. Mm-hmm. Uh, created by uh, Henry Chang uh, in a series of uh, crime novels published between 2006 and 2017, the, um, starting with a book called China Beat, uh, the which I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. So no, um, I hadn't come across that's it. all. I always like it again when something like something comes along and you're watching it and it sort of introduces you to something you just uh, weren't familiar with and so maybe you want to learn more about it. So um, you know I'd be quite curious to sort of check out those books. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, the film itself is, I think, a, a good. I say it sort of sells itself as a thriller. I mean, it was originally pitched to the um, Kickstarter crowd as as a noir thriller, um, but I definitely think it's much more. Dram- the drama is kind of the main yeah. thing that you think think of when yeah. you know uh, about this film. Uh, uh, filmmaker Patrick Chen, I think he's done a good job. It's very. You know, good, very, you know, good production values. Um, I think it did really well with its, um, say, with its funding. It's, it's, um, you know, it got, it got all the money that it needed to, um, and uh, that, they, you know, poured that into the film. They got Tai Ma, uh, who mm-hmm. appears towards the uh, the end of the film. He's yep. um, been an absolutely very, very recognizable character actor. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been in everything. He's done, he's done a few bits and bobs with like Steven Seagal and uh, Jackie Chan. Uh, yep. Being in uh, being in a uh, rush hour, rush hour, yeah. And uh, I think he might have been. I think he might have didn't did martial law as well. I'm not sure, but he's he's done. You know, I know he's done kung fu recently. Uh, the uh, the new version series, yeah. of that, yeah, the series he's done. You know, he does TV movies. He does all sorts. So he's he's got, he's a really good presence. Um, very um good to see him in this. And uh, I think the guy playing Jack Jack Yu is is sort of. An interesting choice because he's not the most, and I think this is, might be by design, but he's not the most hugely charismatic sort of character. Hmm. Uh, he's kind of a, um, he almost could fade into the background. And I think you know, there's he's 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 quite it's it's quite an interesting sort of going going against type for not necessarily his race, but in terms of a detective character who, who's like the lead of, in, a, in a in a in a story he he's not like um you know if, if this was a big hollywood movie kind of version you'd probably expect like you know they'd like pick um andrew koji or, or something i don't know you know just like somebody who's like hot and you know um uh, both in both senses of the words or whatever sort of really anchor it and sort of get the attention but here we've just got a guy who essentially just seems like an everyman 
you know, which I think is uh, is what the I think is what they intentionally tried to go for here, um, and say he, he's not anyone familiar. I'm familiar with most of the cast. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm I was not familiar with, so and I thought they all did a good job. And yeah, it's it's not it was it's kind of intended as a um sort of you know uh, to inspire mm-hmm. further adaptations. I would say you know whether that they wanted to sort of get a series out of it or you know to get um. Henry Chang's uh, books, you know, made into features or, or or something like that. So, I think I think we're definitely in a a time when that could be more is much more likely a possibility than than it w- would have been yeah, yeah. before. Uh, well, you think of, so I think, I think all these different streaming services and everything that you know, looking for new content. Yeah, be- yeah. So I think there's potential for um for for them to sort of develop this. This is relatively new. So it will still be going around, and you know, I, I, I have to credit again. This is another one that Film Combat Syndicate um, covered, which is where I basically heard of it. And knew well, I, I, I think I've heard of it. I definitely discovered learned of its release through there. So um, yeah, so that's where I sort of got the link and stuff to, to where it's hosted on Vimeo. Now there was another film I want to mention as an aside. It's called Justice for Vincent, which touches on some similar sort of touch definitely touches on similar themes similar um you know uh you know racism uh um some uh, the loss of a life uh, and you know the, the um the justice system and all, all that sort of thing it's it's quite a different story because it's all about um uh trying to find um it's like uh yeah the battle the, the fight for justice essentially is sort of implied by the title but that's um Justice for Vincent is also, uh, say, it's a film about a, approximately a similar length, mm-hmm. touches on some similar themes. That's uh, that's from a couple of years before, um, made by director Andy Palmer. Uh, so I would say if you if you uh, you know, what, if you like, the, and also a similar period. Well, actually, that was in the, it's set in the in the eighties. So I would I would say that's an interesting hours viewing if you watch this and Justice for Vincent. Uh, if you enjoyed, if you enjoy that, Tim Abel is in in that. By the way, who's um, oh, yeah. a, a familiar sort of DTV um, yep. actor. Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, so. I would say yeah, it's well, well worth seeing both of them. Awesome. We don't score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out, and you will find the link to the. I'll do that again. We don't score the shorts, but we do recommend that you check them out, and you'll find a link to this one in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Submerged. Navy SEALs launch a rescue mission after terrorists plunge a jet carrying a missile-destroying computer into the sea. Um, I, I, I sort of said off, offline, as it were, that uh, this is the best film of the week. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah. How, how can you sort of go against a film which puts Coolio in a wetsuit? And forces him to go diving. For God's sake, how how can you dislike a film that does that? I mean, how can you dislike? How can you dislike a film which has got Coolio and Dennis Weaver, and Dennis Weaver, <laughs> and yeah. all these other people in it as well, like um, Fred Williamson, and Maxwell Caulfield, and Maxwell Caulfield, and yeah, now, some some of the dialogue in this is is just choice. It really is. Oh, yeah. um, there, oh, I like a... I like the one. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I love the one where um, 
Maxwell Caulfield says, look, if you want to talk about my wife and kids. Yes, kid, that's the one I was going to mention. Together, do it without me. Do yeah. it without me or whatever. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, do it in your own time without me. <laughs> on your own what time? <laughs> Yeah. It's just like the craziest thing to say. It really is. Yeah. For a number of reasons. <laughs> it's just like, what? There's, there's, there's another thing when the um, when their boss goes, goes, I hope you've got a good suit because I sent him to this party. And I looked at them both and went, well, obviously they don't. Because <laughs> one of them's not even wearing a suit. He's wearing slacks with a jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... But, yeah. It is ridiculous. I mean, there's no, there's no getting around it. Um, but it, it, it's just fun. Like I say the bit where the, the the plane's on the basically on the seabed. Hmm. What are we going to do? We'll stick a load of dinghies underneath it and just rise it up. Well, that's probably that's like, probably what they do. You know? it, it probably is, but there's no thought in there any or anything like that. No. Scientific calculations that they go into. Yeah, we'll just do it. Oh, we'll just do it. Yeah, yeah we'll just do I th- it. I think I think that is the um, that is the ethos for the film, though. That is yeah. that is their battle cry. Just do it. Yeah, you know. There's a scene at the end. I'm, I'm just jumping the end for a moment. Oh. When um, the bad guys are getting away, and you know they've been <laughs> shooting at them, and then yeah. this Navy SEAL hands Maxwell Caulfield a, a rocket launcher. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't ask for it. He doesn't say, "Hand me the rocket launcher" <laughs> or anything like that. Or, you know, it's just like, well, this is this is obviously what you do when you know, it just just yeah. I thought that do was you remember that, that throwback we watched a while back? I can't remember. The wife may remember the name, but it was where every single explosion was like ten times what it should have been. Right. Like that, that's it's like that. <laughs> Loads of them, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I can't. Is it a sci-fi one? Uh, but this was like that, you know. The rocket launcher hits the van, and the van goes more or less nuclear. Oh, yeah. from it's, it's, it's almost it's as if it was PM. It's almost as if it was PM Entertainment, you know. It's... Yeah, it was a PM Entertainment film. That last one, I could... oh, right. yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean... But we do have a great cast, as you say. Uh, you know, we got we got loads of actors in here um, whose, whose names are instantly recognised. Well, you mentioned Dennis Weaver. You know, I mean, he what was the series? Was it um, Matt Houston? Wasn't it? Was it Matt? Houston? I don't know. I mainly I mainly really only know him from Jewel, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, Jewel. Oh, McLeod. That was the series he was in. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Matt Houston is the guy. The guy who played Matt Houston is the guy from The Sword and the Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Whatever that guy actor's name is, but there you go. Um, but yeah, he, he was in a long-running TV show, uh, McLeod, uh, so, as well as being in Duel, of course. But yeah, Nicole Eggert's in here, as, as you mentioned. Yeah. We've got um, Fred, Fred Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Thomason, Tim Thomason, of course. Yeah. You know, instantly recognisable sort of actors. If if you're fans of um, DTV, at least, uh, it's you know, it's great to see these characters. I, I I did have a ball with this. You know, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, as you say, the dialogue, some of it was great. Yeah, some some of the double crosses and things that go on were were, were quite amusing. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun, basically. How do you get on with this one, Steve? Yeah, like I say, I enjoyed it. Really good. Just 90s, fun, stupid, but doesn't outstay its welcome, and then just gets on with it, basically. I think you're fine. Um, this came out in the year 2000, Steve. So. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just quite <laughs> that. But... but there were four. There's at least four films called Submerge. One of what, at least one of which has Steven Seagal in it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. One of my favourites. Really? Yeah, I just think there's lots of really interesting things about it. But I'm not going to go off on on Steven Seagal <laughs> at this time. Um I did actually have this one on DVD though, um, and and I hadn't watched it in a while, and uh, we watched it on uh, Freebie. Now I don't know about you guys, but I didn't get any adverts whatsoever. I didn't get any. No, no I didn't. Yeah, yeah was, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. So yeah, we'll just watch the thing straight through. And I've kind of put it on in the back again, sort of as the oh, I'm not. I mm. just have it on in the background kind of thing. And I ended up being really engaged by it, and think, partly because of that amazing cast. You know, you're just drawn in. It was like, oh, wow, it's him and whatever, and and you're enjoying it and the the uh, the sort of setup. And now it's the the poster, the you know, the cover art, the title, the, the you know, the sort of coolio above the title and everything is all a bit misleading. Um, yeah. Because yes, they do end up submerged for for a fair amount of time, but it's not. You know, there's a lot of other stuff going on. It, it is much more yeah. of. It is kind of very much more of a, an ensemble disaster film kind of thing because there's so many characters yeah. um, and Coolio is definitely that. not the main yeah. one. We, we get that very long sort of like departure, like, you know, the equivalent of the departure lounge scene is the cocktail scene where we mm. meet all the various characters who are going to sort of yes. like, you know, the thing is it, that moment, which is um, quite amusing. And, and we've got all these um, big, you know, there's like uh, some action that opens the film uh, which I think is, you know, really well done. Um, I just like, I, they're like a warm blanket kind of films like this. You know, it's just, you know exactly yeah. kind of what you're getting, but it's executed really well. And it's like, it's like, oh, it's that guy, you know, it's like, there's an air of familiarity. It's like going to a party and bumping into some people you, mm-hmm. you've seen. But it's like seeing loads of different people. It's not, not just the same people from the same group. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, hey, Fred. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, but, oh, and there's... um. It's Dennis Weaver. <laughs> I haven't seen you yeah. for ages. And um, he, he gets oh. a great line as well in this when when he sort of goes, "I like, I'd like to uh, dedicate, you know, this evening to the people who died, you know, at our facility. You know, uh-huh. we're going to catch their killers and kill them all." Or something. Like that. <laughs> and this all the FBI guys like slapping his forehead, going, "Oh God!" You know. <laughs> yeah, he really reminded me because he's kind of really going there, "Weehaw!" kind mm. of. Thing, a bit like that um that caricature character from the simpsons oh um, yeah 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 he's he reminded so. me of yeah, yeah. uh lq jones uh in uh the patriot steven seagal again right. um he reminded me a bit of him but you know it's a bit a little bit of caricature but i quite liked him and um uh, i just mentioned a couple of other actors in it brent huff uh who's uh quite a dtv guy he's um nine deaths of the ninja and all sorts of stuff brink stevens Mm. Who's, who's done a lot of exploitation films uh, and Michael Bailey Smith has a, has a couple of scenes who I really like he he played Thing in Roger Corman's um, oh, yeah. version of uh, Fantastic Four yeah, but is, is is also kind of like a heavy and stuntman or whatever who I've, I've, I've you know enjoyed seeing in a whole lot of, of stuff mm. um, over the years 
This is directed by Fred Olin Ray, um, but he's using the pseudonym Ed Raymond. Uh, and it's one of a whole series of films that he made in the night in 2000, sorry, um, that recycled footage from uh, Hollywood blockbusters. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me without looking it up um, okay. what, uh, what, where the action scenes came from? Which action scenes, sorry? So like all, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a car chase sequence oh, which yeah. was not filmed for this film, but it was used. Mm. Uh, the footage, in, including some explosions. I thought it looked quite good. <laughs> um, any ideas? Uh, no. Steve? No. no, it's, no. Uh, so that, that bit is from Species. Oh, okay. And uh, the main thrust of the of the footage is all the stuff with yeah. the plane under the sea. Mm. And I'd be very surprised if you didn't get this, um, Mike, mm. about what, what plane under the sea footage is so airport 77 uh i think it is airport 77 yeah the um so the yeah the, in that's in the that, one where they yeah i was yeah, I, I was i was recalling the poster watching this because the poster was something along the lines of you know sort of trapped 200 feet under the ocean yeah. you know, under the surface but they're yeah. searching in the wrong place <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so the the if, if you if you notice when you're watching it that some of the footage looked a bit grainy that's why oh, that, that car chase so. that car chase i was watching it i'm thinking especially when he goes calling the helicopters i'm thinking what you've got helicopters on your budget <laughs> you know and i'm sort of watching this whole scene i thought it'd be can you imagine just driving along the hollywood hills at night and you turn a corner and all of a sudden there's these two speeding cars coming right for you being chased by helicopters you know <laughs> freak out wouldn't you jesus but um, yeah, I, I, I did sort of like wonder at that point. Think, oh, it seems to have more money than I thought they did for this. <laughs> yeah. So the um, the uh, Ed Raymond is say one of the pseudonyms uh, that uh, Fred Allen Ray uses. Him and Jim Winorski, right. who is in this film as a as a credited. I, I think it's like one of a production credit he's got is also using one of his pseudonyms, which is Noble Henry, and oh. um, they were sort of interchangeably directing a lot of these films for um i think it's phoenician entertainment yeah. uh, and uh say, had an icon, using... icon entertainment logo at the front didn't it well i think they yeah. I, that surprised me yeah because i think they must have the rights to it now yeah. and they've like like made them available say for full streaming and stuff but they didn't make it they've just bought yeah. it they've just um picked it up um and i say i think they picked it up relatively recently um, but another, you know, there's other examples like uh, Critical Mass, uh, which Fred Allen Ray did, which has footage from uh, uh, Universal Soldier and Terminator 2, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. And the in terms of relating to this, you yeah. could do it do it as a double bill with uh, Mac 2, starring Brian Bosworth, oh, yeah. which, which uses footage from Airport 79. Ah, that's so, a good um, one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So there's there's whole loads of uh, there's a whole bunch of these you know you can deep dive I've, I've 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 seen a fair few of them and what i like is i just think i do think it works i think it's quite whether you recognize the footage or not mm. i think it's, it works it's in incorporated film. It, into yeah. the film enough yeah. that, it, that it helps um so whether you go oh i'm i'm sort of taking it i'm laughing at the film a little bit because it, it's using a sequence from uh you know something uh for example like narrow margin a mm -hmm. film I've never seen, but I know that 
footage from narrow margin has been used in at least three films all right. uh, so you could you could do like an all day uh, watching narrow margin <laughs> films basically if you wanted to and uh, the um, but, but and they also have um uh, they always have uh, these really interesting casts of you know like say for example that mac 2 it's brian bosworth but it's also got like uh, Michael Dawn and Shannon Weary and stuff, and uh, that—that's that, those films. These films are both written by um, Steve Latshaw, who's another name to sort of um, uh, recognize. You kind of know the sort of film you're going to get. A Blaze was another one. He wrote a lot of these for mm-hmm. for for um, say Wynorski and um, Fred Nolan Ray. Say A Blaze was um, done done by Wynorski, and that one had footage from. Um, another sort of 70s disaster movie but they there's a lot of there's a lot of these ones where they t- i think it's like earthquake or something but they take they take uh, and various other 70s disaster movies where they have their footage taken and put in these other movies and stuff. including there was one we i think there's one we covered uh, a corman one called shakedown mm-hmm. uh, as the throwback way back when mm-hmm. and that was that had some some old footage in it and so the footage thing the cast i think it, it rattles along at a nice pace um, there's there's a there's a few sort of twists and turns in terms of you know they're trying to there's so many characters and they're trying to sort of wrong foot you with who the real bad guy is and stuff so it's like you don't you don't have ever really have you don't really have a have a main hero and you don't really ever have a main villain mm. there's kind of like a bunch of he- hero you know yeah. good characters and a bunch of bad characters um, uh, but I think it works I think it it, it flows quite nicely. And some of it does get a little bit repetitive once they're under the water and that, but I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. It's entertaining. And I, I, I do think it was the best film of the week. Yeah, totally. So there you go. That is, um, that is submerged. Uh, we don't score the throwbacks, but we do want you to go check them out and you'll find this one on, is it freebie? Freebie at the moment. Yes. Freebie I don't think on, it ever got on, a DVD uh, release in the UK. I might be wrong, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was nice to finally see it get a UK release. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we, we managed to experience experience this with no adverts, even though um, you know a lot of the stuff does turn up with adverts, um, and and it's pretty decent as as you've heard. Go check it out. That is the end of this week's show. Thanks to Rich and Steve for discussing these interesting films, um, even if uh, Submerged was the best of the week. Um, but there you go. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the DTV. Excuse me, do that again. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the DTV Digest, and also the short shots where Rich will post a new short every evening around about eight o'clock. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.